customers always remain the North Star for our industry, for me, and also for our CEOs and our industry leadership. We have so many inspiring leaders in the industry who are motivated to serving customers and their communities no matter what on blue sky days uh, and when there is uh, disasters. Welcome to Electric Perspectives, a podcast that explores how America's electric companies are working to deliver the reliable, affordable, secure, and clean energy that powers our economy and our everyday lives. The show is brought to you by EEI, the Edison Electric Institute, which represents all U.S. investor-owned electric companies. I'm your host, Brian Real. At the end of the year, after serving the energy industry for more than 30 years, EEI President and CEO Tom Kuhn will step down from his current role. Tom is a titan of our industry who has effectively worked with America's electric companies to navigate major policy issues in Congress, throughout the federal agencies, and at the state and local levels. Tom also has been heavily engaged in international dialogues that aim to advance the vision for an affordable and resilient clean energy future for all customers. While trade associations typically only focus on policy, under Tom's leadership, EEI today plays a critical role in facilitating industry-government coordination on energy grid security and on response and recovery efforts to natural disasters. For those of us at EEI, he has also served as a trusted and exceptional leader of our organization. It is an honor to have Tom here with us today to discuss his decade of service, his sources of pride and inspiration, and his expectations for EEI's member companies and the industry moving forward. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Brian. It's a great honor to be here and a great honor to have served with you and the other great uh, colleagues we have in this organization. Well, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about really your impressive 30-plus year career in the industry and some of the lessons that you've learned. But first, can you tell listeners why you chose this is the right moment to step down as president and CEO? Well, I just felt it was the right time, Brian. Uh, we just came off two major legislative victories, uh, passage of the bipartisan infrastructure law and the clean energy tax credits and the Inflation Reduction Act. Those laws are fueling the EI's member companies' clean energy leadership uh, with billions of dollars to uh, help us accomplish our customer-focused mission and our vision. And it's, it's time for EEI to have new leadership. It's not about me. It's about uh, EEI's member companies and their customers. And you have led the industry through some truly pivotal moments. And I'm sure the industry looks very different today than when you first joined EEI. So what might be some of the most remarkable changes you've observed over the course of your career? Well, there have been remarkable changes. This industry has uh, really advanced in a major way. We used to be the number one source of several emissions, including sulfur dioxide, uh, nitrogen oxides, mercury. And over the last couple of decades, we've reduced those emissions by more than 90%. We also used to be the highest carbon dioxide emitting sector, which is now the transportation sector. Carbon emissions are as low as they were almost 40 years ago, while electricity use has climbed more than 73%. And companies have been developing innovative new carbon-free technology to help further reduce carbon emissions and bolster clean energy. They've used innovative technology and systems to enhance their energy grid infrastructure. And companies have uh, continually involved to meet uh, customers' needs and expectations. Is the pace of innovation you're seeing today faster than you've ever seen? It's, it's continually accelerating. And to me, that's very, very exciting because the pace of innovation is because electricity is the 
driver of it, digital technology, uh, the information age, et cetera. And what emerging or maybe even enduring issues do you see as vital for our industry to address in the years ahead? You know, there's many of them, actually, but I think that uh, you mentioned the pace of technology and other things are changing. We have to increase the pace of everything in our industry. Siting and permitting reform is one example. It takes way too long to build some major infrastructure projects, particularly transmission, is in double-digit numbers. We don't have, we can't take 15, 16, 17 years anymore uh, to get uh, projects done when uh, demand is continuing to accelerate. So I think wildfire mitigation uh, is a huge issue for our industry. And we have, uh, again, a partnership with the federal government. We're coordinating with state and government partners to develop plans and enhance technology to detect wildfires earlier, prevent them, and mitigate the damage if, uh, if they do occur. Cybersecurity is another big issue, uh, a top priority. EI's member companies are working across the industry through the Electric Subsector Coordinating Council, our, our government partners, to take on this big issue. Electric transportation is not a new issue, but it certainly is an expanding one as, as electric vehicles have a higher and higher percentage of the transportation fleets, uh, and we continue to support the charging infrastructure that's necessary to support that. And so many other sectors are becoming electrified now, including uh, houses and businesses. Artificial intelligence is going to be a huge challenge for us as the uh, data centers are using uh, tremendous amounts of electricity. And how exciting has it been to see all the work that's underway to really build out that foundational uh, EV charging infrastructure that we need to really accelerate the adoption of electric vehicles? Well, Brian, I think that, again, we have, are playing a leadership role there. We've got a national electric highway coalition uh, where we're working across the country to establish more charging networks and to get uh, get them installed and, and making sure that they're working properly so that people can have the confidence uh, as they purchase electric vehicles to uh, to know that it, it, it is a uh, very facilitated process for them and an easy process. And I think the, the estimates show just the tremendous amount of fast chargers that are going to be needed across the country. And there really is a role for all stakeholders involved because the need is just so great. Absolutely. And, it, uh, you know, it took us about... Uh, 10, 15 years to get the first million sales of electric vehicles, uh, you know, three years for the second, and and this year we're going to go over a million electric vehicles uh, purchases in just one year. So it, it just shows that accelerating pace that's happening. And what moments during your leadership of EI have been the most memorable for you? And, and I realize not all of them are probably happy memories. The one thing that I remember being inspired so much by was the uh, situation in Puerto Rico following Hurricane Maria. Puerto Rico, the damage there was just unbelievable, and I was down there several times. Uh, but we mobilized thousands of people from our industry to come in and, uh, and help restore power there. Uh, it was a struggle uh, because we had to get across the sea. Uh, we had to develop transportation, staging, and housing plans from the ground up. Uh, we were there for the communities when they needed the most in, in every hurricane situation. But Puerto Rico was a very, very difficult task. And just as an example of 
some of the many, many times that our industry has come together in mutual assistance way to help each other. I don't know of any other industry that does it. And I think the pandemic's probably another example, really, from the ground up developing the, the playbook for safely operating the energy grid, for keeping workers safe. If I recall, it also was a record hurricane season, so you had managing a pandemic while also trying to keep the, the workers out in the field safe. Well, the, you know, the pandemic said that people ought to stay inside the house to protect themselves. Well, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Our workers are out there in the field uh, putting up the lines, restoring power when they need to, and uh, making sure that we have, uh, you know, 100% reliable power, particularly if people were using more electricity at home. So it, 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 it was a challenge. But again, uh, we had a CEO task force that was working on it, working on all aspects of it with our federal government partners. We got exemptions so that our people could be out there doing these things. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it was just another inspiring time for me to be able to see our people take on whatever challenge comes up to, to get the job done. And just the commitment to customers and community yeah. is never faltering. You bet. Throughout your career, what inspired you to keep moving forward and trying to find new opportunities to make the industry better? And even really through some of the most trying times of our industry and things that come to mind that really had a a long-term impact on customers and communities, things like Hurricane Katrina, uh, September 11th, of course, and Superstorm Sandy. Well, customers always remain the North Star for our industry, for me, and also for our CEOs and our industry leadership. We have so many inspiring leaders in the industry who are motivated to serving customers and their communities no matter what on blue sky days uh, and when there is uh, disasters. Unlike some industries, we're very collaborative and our companies support each other when there is a disaster or other challenging circumstance uh, over and over and over again. And I think following such disasters for communities to find a sense of normalcy, I I know our members often recognize the role and responsibility they have and they want to be out there and and seen doing the job in the communities. Right. right. You know, I always like the situation when you see a hurricane strike you know, the people are evacuating and you see the bucket trucks heading into the storm Yep. before the storm even comes in. They're prepared to work 24-7 to get the lights back on. As you mentioned, customers are the North Star of our industry. And of course, EI's member companies keep customers at the heart of everything they do. But how has this focus on serving customers changed or evolved over time? There has been an evolution of focus on customers since I started in this industry. You know, we're a very technical industry, too. And uh, and so sometimes we think about building power plants and putting up transmission lines. But, you know, really, customers have been the top of the mind since the beginning. Thomas Edison instilled the principles of uh, affordability and reliability that we ascribe to today. Still, our vision and mission is to make sure that we are providing affordability, reliability, and becoming cleaner. Our focus has just evolved, especially under the leadership of um, Duke Energy Chair, President and CEO Lynn Good when she was chair of EI. EI member companies uh, all have chief customer officers in their leadership. We have a CEO-led customer solutions task force. We work with technology partners, uh, corporate and national key accounts customers, military customers, residential customers, to identify the best solutions to meet their energy needs. And that that they're probably unique needs to really working for more tailored solutions for customers. Right, right. 
And it's amazing how much innovation is uh, occurring as a result of that, particularly, again, our partnerships with uh, some of the technology companies. When you're asked to give speeches, you often talk about the tremendous pride you have in the accomplishments of our industry and of our member companies. Looking back over the past 30 years at the helm of EI, what might you be most proud of? Well, I, I pride in the people of this industry. Um, how many things happen when the CEOs drive progress, the people in this industry turn out, hundreds of thousands of people. We enjoy more participation and engagement from our CEOs than any other association. They have a sense of mission and vision that is defined through their companies and the industry, and it shows up in, uh, in, in just everything they do. And, um, you know, that has been the source of my inspiration and the partnerships that we've evolved with so many organizations as a result of their willingness to be out in the lead on that. And I think you probably have seen that with EEI as well. I know a lot of folks here 30 years at one organization, and that sounds pretty remarkable, and it is. But we have a lot of colleagues in the building here who also have been uh, serving our members and our customers for decades. We have a terrific team and staff at EEI. It is just amazing to me to see how dedicated they are, uh, to see how focused on the vision and the mission and uh, serving our companies, who are our member companies, are our customers, and it's, it's terrifically inspiring. And I know you love the motto of EEI, which is power by association, which really embodies the, the spirit of working together and fostering partnerships to achieve common goals like you just were talking about. Well, we love, power. We love the word power. Yeah. Uh, since we're in the power business, uh, the association really indicates that you can get so much more done when you work together on things. And, and we've had incredible partnerships with organizations like the IBEW, um, our labor industry, public affairs committees work closely together on issues. And, and again, I don't know any other industry that has this close association, for example, with their labor partners. We have other traditional partnerships with business groups, uh, Chamber, NAM, Business Roundtable, you go on and on. Mm -hmm but also modern environmental groups. Mm -hmm. We've worked closely with environmental groups where we've realized that our goals are the same as theirs, and, and they uh, find the benefit of partnering with us to, uh, to achieve those things that I mentioned before. Sure. And EEI's commitment to DEI isn't a new phenomenon. This is really something that has been a focus of the organization for many years. Well, that's right, Brian. Uh, we've had a business diversity program uh, for 40 years, and that was a result of the fact that we really felt we had to support businesses in our communities that, uh, that were diverse. And uh, very proud every year we give out awards to uh, recognize those companies that, uh, you know, that are doing the most in those areas. And I know a few weeks ago you received a Champion of the Year Award from the Women's Council on Energy and the Environment. So how important is it to be deliberate with your intentions as you're thinking about DEI? Well, I think it's, it's, it's been deliberate to uh, do the right things. And, and again, uh, gender diversity in our business, uh, we have more female CEOs in our industry, I think, than any other industry. Uh, and uh, again, uh, this is a great source of pride and inspiration that... Um, uh, you know, our industry is a leader in these things. We're, we're, not, we're not followers. We, we've led uh, society in these things, and they've all been great initiatives. And I know as we're chatting and recording here today, we have a, a tremendous delegation of EEI uh, CEOs who are heading out to COP28 in Dubai. I know 
Uh, EI's Brian Wolf will be helping to lead the delegation. We'll have our current chair, Pedro Pizarro, president and CEO of Edison International, as well as a few other CEOs. How important is it that we're demonstrating our leadership on the international stage as well and just showing the role that the private sector can have in driving down emissions? Well, as I as I indicated, we have more than 71 uh, international members uh, in 90 countries, and I, I think that the issues that we face are local, they're at the national level, and that certainly at the international level. Um, you read about them uh, on the news every, each and every day. Uh, COP28 is a, an important uh, convocation of leaders from, from around the world that are dealing with the climate issues and how to continue to reduce carbon emissions. And, uh, you know, we're right in front of it um, because we're leaders in that area. So it's, it's, a, it's a very, very exciting role for us to be playing. And this really is just an extraordinary and exciting time to be in the industry for all the new folks who are seeking new opportunities or joining our member companies, um, partly because of their commitment to delivering a resilient clean energy future. What sort of advice do you have for them? Well, Brian, it really is a tremendously exciting time. Uh, it is a. Uh, it used to be known kind of as a boring industry. When I uh, first came into it, some of my friends said, well, you know, there's not much happening in that uh, that area, uh, you know, and it's just uh, not very exciting. But we've seen, again, the changes that uh, have happened in this business, the increase in electrification of the economy, the uh, uh, all the patents that are coming out uh, from electricity and all the, uh, you know, the exciting uh, situations that we're dealing with with respect to customers and everything. So it... Uh, uh, for young people, I, I see an increasing number of young people coming into our business uh, because they see the sense of purpose, mm -hmm. uh, because they think that they are getting something really done that, that serves society. Uh, and that is, again, truly inspiring. I think it's a wonderful thing. Very, very talented people. So I know you love to quote Thomas Edison, and I know he had the perspective that we must turn challenges into opportunities. So what are some of the biggest challenges our industry faces, and how are we really tackling these challenges while continuing to serve customers? Well, Thomas Edison had a lot of great quotes, too, including if we, can all, if we all do the things we're capable of doing, we would truly astound ourselves. And we have uh, obviously been the, the, one of the largest and most capital-intensive industry in the country. We have tremendous amount of challenges, um, like extreme weather events. They are you know, becoming more and more prevalent. Uh, cyber and grid security, uh, we probably are the number one target for adversaries on the cyber front. Making these huge investments that we have to make in our industry uh, while maintaining affordability for our customers. But again, our CEOs, our senior officers, people throughout the industry uh, uh, welcome these challenges and, and they take them on together uh, through EEI. Those working across the industry uh, Form partnerships, some of which we've already discussed, to ensure that they are overcoming the rising challenges while minimizing disruptions for customers. And while you're stepping down from your current role, I know you're not completely leaving the industry. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what was behind the launch of the Institute for the Energy Transition, which launched early this year, and how you plan to continue to be engaged in support of its mission? Well, sure. The Institute for Energy Transition is part of our foundation. And mm -hmm. again, I am very proud of the fact that we set up a, this foundation that first came up with the Institute for Energy Innovation. And we continue, again, to focus that with 
partnership with our technology companies to better serve customers. The Institute for Energy Transition is focused on those technologies that are going to help us make a transition, continue to make the transition to the cleaner energy technologies for the future. It'll enable us to meet even more ambitious carbon reduction goals. It's led by uh, the leadership of EEI, by the chairman and vice chairman and the, uh, some of the former chairs who were very, very much involved in this that, uh, you know, that have that history and uh, passion and vision to uh, want to continue to serve this business. Looking back, if you had the chance to do this all over again, would you? I tell you, I feel... Um, Brian, like I am the luckiest guy on the planet. I really do think that found an industry that I love. I found uh, people to work with that I uh, inspire me each and every day, both at uh, the, my colleagues at EEI and uh, CEOs and other people in this industry. Uh, we have um, moved EEI to a uh, situation where we now represent uh, companies in uh, 90 countries, and we find that the challenges and opportunities of electricity are very similar all around the world. So, you know, I just wake up every day with the uh, excitement of serving this business, and I look forward to continuing to do that through the foundation and other opportunities I'm going to have in the future to uh, move forward some of the technologies that we need to continue to make this, continue to make this the most important industry in the country. And in just a couple of weeks here, Dan Briette's going to be taking the reins as president and CEO. I know you've had a chance to work closely with him on a number of issues in the past. So I imagine you're excited about uh, the future of EI under Dan's leadership. Dan Briette is a terrific leader, the former Secretary of Energy. I think he, uh, he is going to uh, you know, certainly upgrade uh, from where I have brought the organization. And he is a uh, terrific person beside. Uh, and I think that uh, the organization is excited to work with him. I'm, I'm excited to uh, support him in every way I can, and he'll be a fantastic leader. Well, of course, thank you for all your service to the industry, to this country, to customers, and as an employee, just thank you so much for your leadership here at EI. Well, thank you for your continuing leadership, Brian, and, and uh, to all those people around the country that uh, have worked closely with and through EI, it's been a great pleasure to work with you and look forward to continuing to do so in the future. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening and come back next week to hear more from experts and industry leaders who are talking about the innovative ways electric companies are building a cleaner, smarter, stronger energy future for the customers and communities they serve. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Podbeam, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Electric Perspectives. I'm your host, Brian Real. Thanks for listening.